Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Spiritual Insights with Charlotte Spicer. Spirituality and Metaphysics Talk Radio, featuring a course in miracles, dream interpretation, guided meditation, and the psychic and metaphysics free-for-all. It's your opportunity to consult with a professional psychic medium, discuss past lives, the chakras, and more. We are non-denominational, and there are no limits. Want to change your life? You must first change your mind. 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 No matter your religious structure, cultivate peace in your reality through self-awareness with an authentic spiritual teacher. And now, your host, Charlotte Spicer. Welcome to Spiritual Insights, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in from the United States and around the world. At the time of this taping, it is May 2021. If you are new to the show, we thank you for being here and encourage you to explore our offerings to the community. Today, we continue our Masterclass educational series, Guidance from Spirit, Channeled Messages from Beyond the Veil, with Mother Mary. In addition to producing these segments, I am an energetic healer and channel, and I am joined by my special guest co-host, Daniel Gibbons, full-body channel for Mother Mary since 1994. Mother Mary is the ascended being who gave birth to Jesus, the Christ child, in her last lifetime. After a brief discussion, Danielle will allow Mother to come through in her distinct voice to lend guidance for the human journey with the listeners. In addition to being the author of the life-changing book, Mother Mary's Pathway to Love, Danielle has connected people worldwide with Mother's divine wisdom, love, and grace. Through best-selling courses, life-changing retreats, radio appearances, and online events, including pre-recorded and live stream presentations with Mother to inspire viewers to expand their consciousness and live more fully. To learn more about upcoming events and to join Danielle's community, visit BelovedPublications.com. Visit SpiritualInsightsRadio.com to join the Spiritual Insights community by subscribing to my periodic newsletter. You can also review the archives of all of the divine transmissions that are available. And you can also book a private energetic healing session with me where you will receive the most unique energetic healing session imaginable. With me during these sessions are Mother Mary, Jesus, also also known as Yeshua, Divine Mother, and Archangels Metatron and Zadkiel, among others. That being said, I want to let the listeners know that I have a special offering that I will be bringing up. So I'm excited to get started. We are back. I am back in the saddle. I am so excited to get to work and move on and bring all these wonderful things to you. So Danielle, hello. It's great to be together again. Hello, Charlotte. It is wonderful to be here with you and all your fabulous, amazing listeners. For me too. For me too. I know I must sound excited and there's a reason why. Actually, there's several. But before we get started, first thing I want to say to you, Danielle, is happy birthday. Oh, thank you, sweetheart. That is that is so wonderful. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Second thing I want to say to you is happy five-year anniversary. It's been five years since we've been doing this. Can you believe it? Really? Five years. Oh, 2016. Wow. Five that- years. Wow, that just flew by. I'll just say that. Yes, and we have quite the battery of information 
so much mm -hmm. information was shared, guided meditations. I I live for this. And so it, for me, it really flew by. And just to say how much I'm looking forward to the years to come. And now, as you notice, since as I read my introduction, we've got other archangels coming in. Zadkiel is now on my daily team. I call him the divine team or the D team where I sit down every day. Sometimes I skip a day, but I sit down every day with them and I learn and we discuss life on the planet or my life or what have you. But Zadkiel asked if he could join at the table. And I said, absolutely, of course. He's wonderful. His personality is great. And, and I do expect this to uh, expand as we go. So mm. uh, I, in the coming months, I'm sure I have several surprises for the listeners. Can we I have... ask you an odd question? Sure. Um, I have just recently read, and I don't know that much about angels because I have not spent a lot of time communing with them. But is it true or do you know like an angel that people identify, say um, um, Zachiel or um, Metatron, do they have a feminine counterpart? Like, do they each have masculine, feminine? Yes, I think I understand what you're saying. The Wi-Fi is giving us some trouble. Let me just double check. Signal's good, but uh, bear with us, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, we're kidding. Okay. So you're asking if some of the masculine archangels have a female counterpart. I would say yes. Yes. It doesn't mean I've met their female okay. counterparts, but I am aware that Yeshua okay. being, a, you know, a conscious and a collective um, does have a female counterpart in the angelic realm. And her name is Christiel. Oh, okay. I have not met her yet. She's okay. on the list. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah Thank I'm you. Mm -hmm. yeah. Sorry for that divergence, but it was just, a, it was something that I've been wanting to ask you and I, and I kept forgetting. So thank you for yes. that. I'm going to, I'm going to dig a little deeper into that because all of a sudden that's, that seems to be coming into my realm of awareness. So I'm like, okay, I'm paying attention. No doubt. I will add <laughs> further that um, also on my team uh, is Uriel who presents as masculine, but sometimes he presents as feminine. And so he's the first androgynous that I know of. Um, Metatron, totally masculine. Michael, totally masculine. Anyway, you know what? While we're, while we're on the subject of the archangels, let me tell the listeners my little surprise. So in my uh, sessions with my clients lately, uh, the angels took it upon themselves to take a guided meditation that was presented to the world through Wendy Gale, our other special guest co-host who channels Metatron. They put out this uh, guided meditation with Metatron and the three archangels, Uriel, Michael, and Zedkiel. What they did in this meditation, and you can go to YouTube and find it, it's about um, expanding your light quotient is part of the title, but it's so much more than that. Each one of the four go through the, all seven of your R's, and they clean and loosen mm -hmm. up any type of implants, inhibitors, or entities, which we like to refer to as shadow beings, any being who is more of shadow, who signed up in your incarnation to assist you in your challenges. For instance, someone who feels unworthy of love. There may be shadow beings that attach to this person and reinforce that one concept so that they continue to experience it until it's complete, right? So we can't look at them as 
100% negative or sinister or malevolent. They truly are there. Their purpose is to support and assist, but they do it with more of an attachment to shadow, okay? And that would tug us into shadow, wouldn't, would it not? It would just tug you, like, come into the shadows with me, precious, you know, something like that. And you say, no, I choose the light. And so there's light and dark shadow resistance, right? Anyway, so this is what they did in that meditation. For the past week in my uh, sessions with my clients, they're taking everybody on a personalized version of this meditation just for you. So I talked with them. I said, I think Ooh. we should, I think we should, you know, open a door and turn on the sign. Everybody, I encourage you, sign up at the website for one of these sessions. We'll put it inside a regular session or I can, I'll make a breakout for the website, but definitely do this because when I first did the, med the meditation from last summer, I came out of it feeling like a totally different person. And that makes sense because so much of what was weighing you down has now been cleared. Mm. Whatever they do. And in seven, they call it auras. I call it energy bodies, including the causal body, the astral body, the etheric. They're getting all of these little broken pieces and shards of glass and getting it all out of you. And then they go in and heal it. It's fabulous. Oh, so wow. everybody go to my website, check it out, book a session. You can do that singularly if, if that's your preference, or you can get a fuller session and I'll just incorporate it. So let me check that off the list. Moving on, because I don't want to delay too much. First, I want to talk about SOL school of love and then i have something important to tell the listeners um without blowing sunshine around danielle just to say that the way this curriculum is put together i know you'll say it's you know 95 percent mother and five percent you but just the way it's presented the way you go through it the experiences you have the timing it is just an exquisite curriculum and has changed me forever so in our last segment I had had a major breakthrough, major. It helped me understand myself as a child, which helped me understand myself as an adult. I was a very frightened child. I was a very frightened adult. Mm -hmm. And I can honestly say most of that is gone. And that feels so good to say. Wow. I had yet another breakthrough the following week. And then it all came together in such a way where I could feel my self-worth Growing, strengthening, and expanding to such a degree to where I'm just different. I, and let me leave it at that. I, I, I don't need to search for adjectives. I'm just different. I'm not the same. I am an, an expanded version of myself. With School of Love, I found that when you really get in touch with that self-worth that you're born with, not the one you cover up with victimhood consciousness poverty consciousness mm -hmm. any consciousness you can take and overlay self-worth and self-love with uh, all of that is absent at this point and i'm glad because i had an experience where because of school of love i think i handled it very differently than i would have without that support and i think one of the one of the biggest byproducts I like to say when you have a revelation or an awakening like this with fine with really getting in touch with true self-worth and as Metatron likes to say the God I am within you I'm not worried worry has evaporated 
self-pity has evaporated. And I felt mm-hmm. this over the past several weeks, but then when I really, when the moment came, this is what carried me through and gave me such an, an experience of grace that it's, it's so remarkable. I, w- mm-hmm. I am writing a story about it. I will tell everybody a little bit about it now, but I am writing a story, the more complete version, which I will alert you to and you can read it. And it's something else. This was such pure grace. And it's so beautiful. And pardon me if I do shed a tear. I haven't yet. But ladies and gentlemen, my husband passed away on April 20th. He fought the cancer for three years in a valiant and unflinching fight. But he was tired and he was suffering. And it was hard to take. It was hard for him to endure and it was hard for me to observe and witness and hold space for it. What happened was he went in for a routine biopsy. Within 24 hours, he had come down with a, with a very bad infection that proved to be fatal. They didn't think he would last 24 hours, but in fact, he lasted five days. And he, and he proved miracles to the staff. There were a lot of beautiful moments, but the most beautiful moment was when I took my husband, the love of my life, and I walked him up to the bridge and I handed him over to the divine. In that moment, and mm-hmm. I will attribute largely school of love and this feeling of self-worth, not self-pity. It mm-hmm. was such an honor yeah. to serve in that capacity to this person who has been by my side for 17 years. And so let me just say it. So I, uh, so we went, I took him for his biopsy. It was fine. Although I did say that day to a friend of mine, I don't want to do this. I, I don't want to go. I, I just don't, I don't want to go. Turned out he would come down within 24 hours with this infection. It was called um, necrotizing fasciitis is what it's called. And nobody survives it. It's so rare that only 700 people per year out of all the tens of thousands of people who get biopsies get this but none of them survived it. So in terms of what I'm about to tell you, there's when you experience a loss, when it's sudden and tragic, it's hard. It's really bad. And I've been there. For those of you who've been with me for a long time, you would know all about Joey and how my life was defined by the day Joey died. Because I told him he was going to die and he wouldn't believe me. So I did everything I could to prevent it. Here's the contrast. Full disclosure, I knew about this too, but I've had about a year or so to process it. So I did a lot of grieving. There was a lot of crying in parking lots. That's just me. I had to wrap my mind around it somehow. But I noticed as I did, and as you do, if you know something, suppose you have a loved one with a terminal illness, you know it will happen someday. But when you approach this with logic, it never looks like the way it does when reality occurs. It's never the same. You can't come close. And so there was my logic from a year ago, and here's my initial reaction to this news that he has, we were told he has hours to live. And I told him, no, no, you have have longer. He said, okay, I believe you. And I was like, oh, now you believe me? Okay, great. Okay, I'll be there as soon as I can. I told him on the phone. So I get there, and he's actively dying. The most we can do is keep him comfortable. We can do this with medicine. We can keep his heart pumping. We can keep his liver and kidneys functioning. This is all we can do. But there will come a time when his body can, can't hold out and he's got to go. I said, okay. We explained this to him. He, he said he understood it. He didn't flinch. At first, I felt that my reaction was as anybody else's would be. 
truth be told, I was texting Danielle at three o'clock in the morning. I get this phone call. Oh, your husband's got this infection. He's got three hours to live or we can give him an or we can give him an operation, honey. And I was like, what? That'll kill him. No, you're not giving him an operation. His body can't withstand a shock like that. And I was like, no, no operation. He was on the other end. It was a three way call. I hung up from there and the first thing I could think of was Danielle, not, not my family, not my, you know, not my in more immediate circle, but I was like, Danielle, are you awake? SOS. But of course she wasn't. And I knew she wouldn't be, but I thought it was worth a shot. Maybe she had gotten up for a glass of water in the middle of the night. And, um, but so I spoke to you on the way to the hospital and then I spoke to you at the hospital and I told you, yep, this is real. I couldn't believe it. So now I'm looking at them and then all these, you, you get flashbacks, you know, flashbacks of things, random, random things from the past, but you also get flash forwards of the things you, you're, you're going to miss. What about birthday season? My birthday's Christmas. His is New Year's Day. What's next year going to look like other than an arid desert of des- desperation and despair? You know, I lost it. So initially, my reaction to this news was rather histrionic. I was a basket case, and Danielle, you once again talked me down from a ledge. By that was Friday, <clears throat> April sixteenth. By Saturday, it was a little better, but not much. By Saturday night, I came into a pretty decent level of acceptance. So I said to him, "Let's have date night. Let's let's watch a couple movies." He said, "Yeah, that'd be great." At this point, he's quite lucid. He's quite lucid and can hold a conversation. The infection had not gotten to his brain yet, but it was getting to his organs. But he fought and he told the doctors, I want to live as long as you can help me live. Give me any medicine you can find. And uh, we had a couple important conversations and I I told him some uh, things that were on my heart and he received them gracefully. And that was wonderful. One of the things was I said, you know what sucks? I know for a fact that I have some really wonderful things coming up in my life and some of it's rather soon. Some of it's in the distance. It really sucks that you're not going to be here to share it with. But I'll find a way to share it with you. Okay. And I said to him, I said, you know, you know the stuff I do? He says, yeah. I said, you say you do, but you really don't. And that's okay. You support me and that's what's important. Mm -hmm. Before every show, Danielle, he calls me up, whether it's an hour before or 15 minutes before, depending on what time he has available to say, hello, beautiful, break a leg, I love you. Oh. Every time. Wonderful. May not know who's on. He find, Eventually, he got, he got used to my schedule. See, I have Danielle today. Yep, Danielle's coming. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, break a leg, I love you. Mm-hmm. Thank you, sweetheart, you know. And uh, Sunday wasn't so great. He was in and out of consciousness. And what's what's sad for me is that the last four years of his life, he was he was battling cancer for, for three. The last four were pretty hard. Do you remember our conversation? We're floating down the river and then blam, you hit a boulder in the middle of the river. And that's where I've been ever since. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I got, I adapted. I adapted. You must adapt. I adapted. I did what I had to do in that particular energy while the rest of life flowed along without me 
interesting things happening in other people's spheres. And I had to, I have to deal with this right now. This is my life where it is. And so that's what I did. It feels now, and I will attribute this also to School of Love, that that energy is starting to wiggle and I'm starting to feel the current of the normal flow. Not too quickly. Yeah. I think too quickly would be detrimental to me, but I'm very yes. slowly starting to feel the pace and I'll eventually rejoin that normal flow. And, and, that's, and, and that will be wonderful. But here's where I'm at. <clears throat> so he was, saying, he was saying he was doing fine. The doctor, doctors are trying to keep him comfortable. And this is end of life speak, okay? We're just keeping you comfortable. There's nothing we can do. And they would ask him if he's in pain. And he would say, no, no, I'm good. I'm good. And finally, I had, to, I had to have a serious talk with him. And I said, listen, I, I think you know what's going on. He says, yeah. I said, you're dying, babe. This is it. He said, uh-huh. I said, are you scared? He goes, eh, a little bit, a little bit. Oh, okay. All right, leave you. I'll leave him to whatever truth he wants to express. I said, but here's the deal. I said, you're telling the doctors you aren't in pain, and I know you are. I can feel it, and I can see it. I need you to say yes to these questions because the only thing we can do right now is keep you out of pain. It doesn't mean you'll be disconnected from us, but it will keep you out of pain. And I want to spend every minute I can with you. So we said, okay. We kept the jokes going a little bit. We had, he has some funny things to say and, and the doctors get shocked and their jaws drop. I was like, that means he feels pretty good. Let him, let him be. And they were like, oh, I said, that's a good sign. That was Friday. He, was, he had us all hysterical laughing on Friday. Saturday, I, I, we had a good time. And then Sunday, we started to taper down. Anyway, you know, it, it came to a point where it got serious. And I sat there and I, I held his hand and I talked to him. And I said, listen, I said, here's what's going to happen. Okay. Thank you for saying yes to the pain medicine. We all appreciate it. I said, but um, the fact is, you have to say goodbye to me, Alan. You have to. Okay, you have to go home, but you can't come home with me. And after having spoken with mother who provided miraculous support, I told him, I said, you have a choice to make. Your soul is making a choice and I trust you to make the right choice. And I trust that you know what's best for you and for us as a unit. Okay, it's still about us. And we need to do what we need to do. But if you need to go, then I think that's okay. And I'll be okay. I don't want you to worry about me. I will be fine. I can feel it. So here's the part where I want to break into the story for the better understanding of you, Danielle, and the listeners. I've been saying for the past year that there's this excitement that's been coming up in my gut. Do you recall me making that statement several times? I do, yes. Okay, it was happening in this moment where I was telling him he needed to say goodbye to me. Oh my goodness. Okay. Wow. So this has this was not a five day process. This has been over a year. Yes. And the point I wanted to make earlier, when you sit with logic and say, okay, this person is at the end of their life. There's no there's the brick wall and there's no way around it. Okay. You're either going to accept or deny it. And depending on your level of denial, that's how much trauma you'll experience. Anyway. I've had that drumbeat for a year. And I sat with it and I let it be. And I sat with what I said to, you overheard me saying it. We had a channel panel, we call it, where 
Mother Mary, Metatron, and Divine Mother wanted to have a private conversation with me in 3D. Wendy asked, why 3D? I said, I guess so I can't get away from it. She says, well, then I hope you have your tissues ready. I said, yep, they're right here. Got to hear this. Got to hear what they have to say. And this was June 23rd of 2020. So they had asked me, what, what are you feeling? And I said, scared. Why are you scared? Why are you scared? Abandonment. Well, who, why? What? I said, Alan's going to leave me. You might have overheard me saying that. Mm. I said, Alan's going to leave me. I know it. And they confirmed. They, they didn't say verbatim, but they said, pain is coming. But there's also joy. And that's largely when this drumbeat started. And I would feel it. And I knew that something wonderful was going to happen in my life. I also knew that something painful. Well, I already knew he was going to leave me. <clears throat> that carried me like a floating carpet, like a flying carpet through this. I have to hands down say his passing was the most beautiful moment of my life. I said to him, back, you know, you know, resume normal pace. Let's get back to the story that I broke into. I said to him what was going to happen. I talked to the doctors. You're basically on life support using medicine. Medicine is keeping your vital organs alive. He said, okay, I know. I said, okay. You're going to go to sleep. You won't feel any pain. You will not be afraid. I will be right here. Your sister will be right here as well. And that's pretty much all he's got left. And so I sat with him throughout the night, just like that, just stroking his hand and looking at him and thinking about all these wonderful things that he's moving on to. Good for him. And I kept, it was so mm -hmm. pure, so pure and so genuine. And like mother told me to focus on Love is working through you, beloved. And so I held on to that. And that really helped me get a grasp on this. So having told him, I sat up, you know, I, I, I did close my eyes a little bit to keep my own energy level up and my own conscious awareness fresh. So in the morning, the doctor mm -hmm. came along. His sister came to the hospital and it was time. I said, no, he's suffering. He's suffering bad. We got to help him. Let's, let's get this done. So the moment came and I sat down and I took him by the hand. I said, all right, sweetheart. I said, it's time to go to sleep now. And he said, okay. I said, and I will not say goodbye, but I will say this. Good night, sweetheart. And he said, good night, beautiful. I love you. I said, I love you too. And I kissed his nose and his forehead and his eyes and his cheeks and his lips. I said, you go to sleep now. I'll see you soon. And I'm not playing when I see that. That's not, I'm not filling the air. Oh, I'll see you soon, Pally. <laughs> I'll just give you a little time to get settled. Yes. Seriously, Danielle, it was, you know, I'm sitting there and I'm stroking his hand. It was a total Sally Field, Julia Roberts moment. <laughs> As I watched that beautiful creature oh. drift from my life. Anyway. <clears throat> There were a couple of weird moments in there. You never know what's going to happen with these people. He kept, he would stop breathing. And, and I would say, Dwana, his sister, Dwana, Alan's gone. Next thing you know, and then I jumped back like I thought he was going to bite me. 
and I'm falling back in the chair. I was like, oh, my God, what happened? Uh, no, he's not going. He's still here. <laughs> it was terrible because it was so funny. Anyway, so he so he went home and I literally I, I walked him to the edges and said, go ahead, you go. I'm here. And ever since then, especially that day, that was April 20th. That was a Tuesday. I was so filled with peace. There was no self-pity. There was no sense of loss whatsoever. All I could feel was peace. All I could feel was grace mm-hmm. and the divine. And I did say to him before he went, I said, and by the way, babe, I said, you might not believe in what I do. You support what I do, but I know you're not on board with a lot of it. He nodded. I said, but I want to tell you right now, this room is full to the brim with people. They're filled with my people and your people, your angels, your guides. I said, I said, if you care to take a moment, why don't you look over my right shoulder and you'll see Jesus and Mother Mary standing behind me. And he did. And then he looked away real fast. He saw them. He saw something. But he looked away with face like, oh, I said, oh, now you believe me after 17 years? Great, Pally. <laughs> That's just great. But you could feel everybody in the room. It was palpable. But I, you know, I, I was complete. I felt complete. There was nothing left to say. There was nothing more to do. He was on his way to a beautiful life. A mother, I had checked with her. And, and I said, I think what you're saying is he's at an exit point. He gets to choose. And, and she says, yes, but you have to be okay with what he chooses. You have to trust him. Yes. So I did. And he chose to leave. And and I trust that that my higher self had to be part of that decision. And so you have all these little points in place that keep you grounded, centered. And as mother said, hope and faith are there. But it has to be that you have you have that no matter the outcome. And for once in my life, it stayed the hope, the faith. It stayed. He chose to leave, but it stayed anyway for me. And it held me up. And so his sister, of course, was very emotional and, and crying. And I couldn't. I couldn't cry. Because there there was no sadness. There was no devastation. There was no bottomless pit. I did not. All I felt was grace. And all I could feel is self-worth, I swear to God, with, with this curriculum, with those things peeled away, I think it was my self-worth that really carried me through to say, this doesn't mean you're worthy of abandonment, loss, and tragedy. This is not a punctuation in, in one of the main sentences of your story that say, you suck. You not only have the dead boyfriend, but now you got yes. the dead husband. And that's on you. What it turned into was I had the exquisite honor of being part of Joey's life and being there to the best of my ability till that tragic end. And I had the exquisite honor of being with this man for 17 years. And then if anybody's going to walk him to that bridge, it's going to be me. Mm -hmm. And it was me. And there is beauty to this. Mm -hmm. So for me, I learned that self-worth is the soft pillow you land on when tragedy pushes you off a skyscraper and everything's okay. Yeah. What happened at the hour of this man's death 
was total transformation, not just for him, but for me as well. Because as, as he, as we separated physically and he went to the spirit realm and I stayed here, there was just that peace and this expansion and this transformation of <clears throat> we're still us. We'll always be us. It's just going to look different because he has to be in, in another realm in order to support me in the way that I need. Because with what's coming up in my life, I don't think it would have been very comfortable for him at all. At all. We're homebodies. And I like being a homebody. I like being home. But I'm the one who can stand out on a stage in front of a lot of people and handle that just as comfortably. And he wouldn't have. So I, so I see it. But my road continues. My path is still on the same trajectory. He just had to take the exit and, and go in a different way for a while. Um, I had a year to process it. I think I did that to the best of my ability. I, I must have because it's been almost three weeks and I'm still as peaceful as I almost as peaceful as I was. I'm having my moments. I'm starting to realize he's just not here. I've had a few of those. Hey, guess yes. he's not here. Okay. I'll tell him later. I mean, and, and it's not easy. Don't, don't think I'm, you know, I'm not strolling on the beach every day. Uh, I have some problems to take care of. What's great is that I don't have this enormous weight of worry because low self-worth would tell you, you have something to worry about mm -hmm. that, that, that doom is impending, that tragedy, that loss, that losing all that you have is the fear that now overcomes you not getting what you want, fear of losing yeah. what you have that, that should be there. And that's there for a lot of people, but I'm asking you, ladies and gentlemen, please join me in this feeling of peace and grace. When no matter your situation, whether it's loss of material objects, a loved one, a friend, Whatever loss you're feeling, please join me. Climb into my heart and feel this with me because it is real. Um, I have problems to solve. I need to find a place to live, and I have two cars to fix. I have no idea how I'm going to pay for that, and you know what? I don't care. It's going to fall into place. I trust this, and I'm not wasting another minute on what Jesus would refer to as worryment. I will not do it. I put out an appeal to the universe, Mother Mary, Jesus, and all the archangels for support, and it's coming in every time I turn around. Every time I turn around, mother said to me in the time before he died, this is not an ending. Leave room for miracles. And I took it seriously. So I did. And they just mm -hmm. keep showing up, whether it's a revelation about my own self-worth. That is a miracle. That is a serious miracle because what a burden I was carrying around. And there's no bitterness. There's no anger. This is less of an ending and more of a beginning for me. I feel it and I'm excited and I'm so jazzed to be back to work. I caught up with all my clients. I wound up having to reschedule and it was just such a joy to, to do what I do. And for the large part, I didn't mention it over the past three years. Everybody knew when he had cancer and downside to that was everybody felt sorry for me. And I appreciate that. But quite frankly, I'm doing this today because I want you to feel what I feel. I'm doing this so that you can experience this even if it's only vicariously through me what it feels to come to such a place of of acceptance mm. and peace and understanding from a higher level this is not logical but from a higher level this is the way it needs to be for me to be who i'm going to be two years from now this is what needs to happen and to 
be able to take in a lung full of air and say, and that is acceptable and I will honor this. Instead of the way I thought I would be a year ago, saying Alan's going to leave me and then picturing what that might look like. As usual, it never comes close to reality. Yes, there's the silence, but everything else is totally different. And totally, it's like it's like a miracle sprinkled with glitter. This this experience, it mm -hmm. is just amazing. And and I've I've spoken to close friends and clients, and I never said a word. They're like, "How are you doing? Great. How's Alan doing? How's he doing? Uh, really good, actually. Oh, good. And the topic changed. I was like, got away from that, yeah. but. Because it's, here's what's happening. Here's what's happening. I met a few new people over the past few days as I'm, as I'm taking care of uh, belongings and end of life stuff, right? You gotta, you gotta do stuff. So I'm doing that. So I'm meeting people along the way. And so a friend of mine introduced me to someone and we got along great and we joked around and it was great. But as we were walking away, my friend turns around and says, by the way, her husband died a week ago. The woman burst into tears. No, I'm holding her up. Come here, come here. Come here. It, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. And I'm patting her on the back. I'm so sorry. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Look at me. Look at my face. Look at my face. Look in my eyes. It's okay. I'm at peace. Let it go. Now you have to let it go. You have to let go of your sympathy for me. Because it's empathy mixed with self-pity. The self-pity being part of what you experienced. And now you're touching that in relation to what I'm experiencing. And so you're looking for a similarity. Yes. Don't. It doesn't compare. It doesn't compare. And I wish this for everyone. I really do. So I want to wrap this up. <clears throat> going on a bit longer than I wanted to. But those are the, the major points that I really wanted to make. Thank you, Danielle, for what you do in putting together uh, logistically, School of Love to present that to the world. Thank you to all of the participants in the 2021 School of Love for your for joining me in the puppy pile, for joining me in that pile of puppies <laughs> that mother said. So, ladies and gentlemen, here's what happened. So, Alan passes away at 9:23 a.m. <clears throat> and then his sister and I went to lunch and we had a long talk and it was wonderful. And then I was thinking, School of Love, I got to get to School of Love. I'm driving and I'm peaceful and I'm smiling. And I said, I said, hey, you guys to the divine, which is rare that I will speak to them in such a manner. But I said, send me send me songs. My radio is on. Send me songs. They did. So they were sending songs like, even though you're not here, my heart is with you and I will be fine. And all this. I was like, oh, this is perfect. And then really pretty music and all of that. So Love I got it. home. I got home and I'm all smiles and people like, are you OK? I'm like. Yeah, I am. It's a, it's a beautiful day. I just, in that one hour, I experienced so much transformation. We did that together. That's what I, in, in, at the hour of his death, yes. such a major transformation. That was the point I was trying to make. Sorry if I keep sidewinding like a snake, but there was so much to this. You'll, it'll, it'll make sense when I write it all down and I can collect my thoughts. But right now I'm just excited because in, at the hour of my husband's death, he experienced the biggest transformation of his life. And so did I. So did I. Oh, beautiful. It's like she's gone. Yeah. Sad, sorry, insecure, pathetic, lonely, self-pity, confused Charlotte is gone. At least the inner child aspect. Mm. 
I would like to think I have it pretty together as an adult. Yeah. But that's gone. And I can't and I wouldn't want to reach behind me and reclaim it. I'm going to I'll look behind me and look at the picture of it as I move forward. But but that's where I am. And um, I'm anxious to get Danielle, your thoughts. You've, you've been graciously holding space for me for this. And I thank you for that. Uh, thank you for being there for me at, you know, 830 in the morning, your time. <laughs> calling thank me you. up. That would happen. <laughs> but but ladies and gentlemen, I swear, I'm I I so excited to, to get back to work. Just keep me busy and let me share this with you in a session. Get that session. Book a session. I don't know. Let me channel Jesus for you because here, here's the big part. The reason they had a channel panel with me last year, June 23rd, is was not only to say, yes, pain is coming, but there will be joy. The surprise was <laughs> I am now full body channel for Jesus in public. We'll be calling him Yeshua, but I am working through what we want to present to the world. And that's what I'm so excited about. That's what I'm working on. But I will work on that between clients and different projects that I have to do. But I'm getting everything off the ground and I can't wait to share this with everybody. So I'm going to zip it <laughs> and hand it over to you, Danielle. Thank you everyone for hearing me out. That is so beautiful, Charlotte. Thank you for sharing it because I, I can only speak for myself, but I, but I imagine that I can also um, tune into a lot of the listeners and uh, to just say, how much we needed to hear your experience because um, there's a lot of a lot of experiences with death that um, do involve that intense tragedy and black hole and the pain and and uh, just this huge magnitude of loss. Um, that's how it was with but Joey. It is so rare to speak to someone. Yeah, yeah. That's what exactly. I had with Joey. It's this so is the exact opposite. rare to speak with someone. Okay. Yeah. See, to have to have both in your life yep. is, um, as I like to notice in my own life, and that we have these experiences to share with others. You know, to help um, light the path for everybody and the fact that you had two similar outwardly similar experiences but have an inwardly completely different experience is phenomenal and you know what i heard from you um is that the difference was a couple of things one is grace you have a relationship now with the divine that is much deeper, much more intimate than you did with Joey. And as a result of that grace, being willing to receive that grace, you had that year to process your feelings so that it wasn't like a, a bullet train it was more like a, a slow, you know, a slow uh, inner tube ride down the river, you know, yes. the lazy river. You've got yeah. to slowly come to terms with the high probability of Alan's transition 
and the, uh, you know, the loss that that carries. And so it wasn't all at once. And it, and I don't, and I believe this, and you please correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that you didn't get that foreshadowing just because of your psychic gifts and your talents, but because you're so connected to the divine and that grace. And it wasn't like, hey, we're showing you the future so you can be miserable now instead of when it happens, but we're here to go through this with you. You know, we're here to bring you comfort in every moment. We're here to show you what's possible in ways that your own human mind might not be able to um, to be able to understand or or to even think is is possible it was not only a story filled with but your own willingness to commune with that grace and to allow it into your life in a in a really big way can i jump and in here you when, are when you're sharing your with us the, oh, that grace yeah can i jump in okay because there was a point I wanted to make, but when I am in that goofy zone where all the facts are hitting me all at once and I'm trying to make a story out of it, that's where I start to forget details. So I said that I knew a year in advance. It was basically concern, confirmed with the statement, pain is coming, but there's also joy. Uh, then they told me about the, you know, just start practicing full body. I, I never really did though, because the things got really bad, but I wanted to say that what that did for me was confirm the truth. It confirmed, like you said, an intimate relationship with the divine and not life happens to me and the divine just lets it happen to me. It confirmed the truth. But I have to say to the listeners, yes, I knew. Right. But what happens in that year is I can think about it and I can say, well, what about me? What am I going to do without him? Um, but what happens is your consciousness I think in in a co-creation with Gaia, with the divine, with your guides, in my case, Jesus and mother, your consciousness resumes a normal pace, like the tape, like it might, might slow down for you to think about this, but then the tape resumes normal speed and you got to go to the grocery store and make sure you have enough milk. And you're not thinking about death right now. You don't think about it all the time. It doesn't consume you when this happens. Like it consumed me with Joey. I did everything I could to prevent it. And I couldn't. That October 23rd, 1993 was the day I found out God was more powerful than I was. April 20th, 2021 was the day I found out I was just as powerful as God in, in that grace, in that power mm. of trust. Okay. And yes. do you remember in the fall, you lost your stepdad. But you had said, yeah. because he was at the end of his life, you had time to grieve. And I said to you, don't you feel that getting that grief done and out of the way ahead of time leaves you with the experience of peace once it finally happens? And you smiled and you were like, oh, yes. Do you remember? I do. And this is, you're describing a very similar situation right. I had with my stepfather at the hospital and everything. It, well, he was in his passing. It was so beautiful. I was so immensely honored and grateful that I got to be there. Uh, it was 
it, I just don't think it could have been more beautiful for me as his stepdaughter. And uh, yeah, I, I, I did not do, I did my grieving earlier because yeah, I knew that it was the last time I would see him awake when I saw him back in this last summer. Yeah. Um, and, uh, or conscious, I shouldn't say awake, but conscious. And yeah, just to be there with him for that transition was, was such an honor. I, I felt as if I had been chosen. Um, yes. it was, there was no obligation. There was no feeling of burden. I felt as if I'd been given a gift. And, uh, and I tell you, in the midst of that feeling of, of beauty and that rabble of tragedy and, uh, you know, um, that immense burden of pain, I just didn't feel it. Um, and I haven't ever since I have felt such peace with his passing. Um, yeah. yeah, it was just very filled with grace. So you're, what you're describing is very similar in some ways to, to my experience with my stepdad. Yeah. Very. But that's why I said it to you because I was doing that. I didn't feel the need to, uh, yeah. you know, drop a lead balloon on what yeah. you were experiencing. I, it was my business. You know what I mean? But I was pre grieving. Uh, Dr. Bob on the show, he's, he's a psychotherapist and a psychiatrist. I called him up to, I checked in with him to make sure I was doing okay. Cause I didn't think I was at some point. He says, no, you're grieving. I, I said, I know why he said, I do too. I, I said, you know, he says, I didn't think when you first told me he had cancer three years ago, I didn't think he was going to make it. I said, yeah, I got that too, but actually quite a few. Anyway, it's what a blessing it is to have advance notice. And like we just exemplified, I have both. <clears throat> yeah, I knew about Joey and I did everything I could to keep him alive. But when it happened, it was sudden and tragic. With this, it was peaceful and um, graceful and powerful so just for the listeners as you hear this okay i want to ask you something very serious do not feel sorry for me i am not broken i do not weep i am at such a place where you cannot uplift me from here I doubt there's any higher I could go. So you can't lift me up with sorry messages. Compassion, empathy, I welcome. Yes. But, but do not assume that you understand the depth of my grief because I'm telling you that's not where I am. I told my sister-in-law to tell the family, the extended family, do not send me flowers. They're only going to die. Do not send me chocolate-covered fruit. I won't need it. Call me up and say hi, but don't hover over me like I'm going to collapse. I said to his sister, I think it was two days after he died, she wanted to check on me. Actually, it was I who should have been checking on her because that's her last surviving immediate family member. But I was doing my thing and writing my little story while I was in the, in the flow of it. And, uh, and that's what I told her. I said, 
I haven't felt this strong in a very long time. Probably since the summer before Joey died. I haven't felt like this. And that's what I wanted back. I was happy. I was strong. I knew who I was. I knew what I wanted. And then him dying really broke me, really broke me. And it took a, took over a decade to climb my way back. And 11 years from that is when I met Alan. So what I would ask, do not weep for me. Do not cry for me. Pray for me. Yes. Yes. Pray for me into the, to the listeners. I also need to, I think I need to explain what's a puppy pile. Uh, when I got home the day Alan died, I figured out the particulars of what happens next. I drove home with the sunshine stream and the beautiful music playing and all these messages coming through. I sat down. I did my homework for School of Love. I got to class and mother went to bring us to circle. This time, mother says, visualize a puppy pile. And I thought she said poppy. And I was like, what do poppies have to do with him? Aren't they a, like a, a mood altering substance? I was like poppies, but it turned out to be puppies. So get in the puppy pile. Everybody pile on and puppies in a pile are giggly and joyful and hugging on each other and just enjoying that connection, that touch and what have you. Just the, the aliveness of being. And then she says, and in the middle of that puppy pile, I want you to picture our beloved Charlotte. And that's when I went, what is she doing? (laughs) And it turned out that mother made this beautiful tribute to Alan's life. And I was just stunned. So, ladies and gentlemen, I want you to join me and the participants in School of Love in this puppy pile of love and support and grace and joy. There we go. So rejoice with me, my brethren. Rejoice with me. Do not cry for me. Thank you. All right. I'm shutting up because I'll go on. I'm just happy. I just feel happy. I do. I think it's wonderful. This is a celebration. It should be. Celebration. And and as a celebration, we're not having a memorial service. He didn't want one. So what we're going to do is get together and charter a fishing boat and go fishing. Oh, I love that. You know, Mother often talks about how much she loves an Irish wake. She Are you serious? Like, yeah, she's like the Irish have a great. The, the, they have the right of it. You you have the you you go into the church and have the solemn you know uh, honoring of someone's life and thank you for being here and we will never forget you and then you go out and you throw a big celebration and a party in honor of their life. Uh, you know she's not so much uh excited about the drunkenness but you know the idea the tomfoolery (laughs) yeah instead of standing around in the hushed tones and the and the heavy burden of tragedy you know the the whole point of the irish wake is to kind of throw off off that burden kind of yes of tragedy and victimhood that's celebrate that person's life like a true celebration with yes laughter and music and dancing and and you know like this is um and 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 like you say that you throw off that cloak of tragedy and loss and the burden that i will say cynically that so many people take advantage of and cash in on that's true sad yes i'm not doing that i don't do that I, i i already said my mother's funeral was the last funeral I'll ever attend because I don't celebrate that way. It's yeah. different for me. I'm a medium for crying out. And I'll be honest, 
I've already seen the guy. He looks beautiful. His he's young again. Oh, he looks so big. He was skin and bones. He was suffering from cancer. And I said to the doctor before before we took him off the life support, I said, what the hell were the results of the biopsy? That's what started this. He wouldn't have survived. He was his body was riddled with cancer. If the and the and the infection took him out quickly and humanely. Okay. So this is best. This is better. I'm not bargaining for more time with him. I know what I would do with that time. If I was granted more time with him is I would bargain for more time. That's what we do as humans. Just give me five more minutes for what? So you can negotiate more time. I used my five minutes to repeat to him the same thing I've said to him every night when we went to bed. Good night, sweetheart. Good night, beautiful. I love you. I love you too. That's what we did for 17 years. And it seemed to me to be fitting that that's what I do in the moments before I let him go. So it was beautiful. Beautiful. Yes. Yes. But anyway, I moved on. I'm doing good. I'm building a whole new life yeah. and I'm yeah. re-energizing the show and revitalizing my career. And I'm excited about the future. And that's where I'm at. I'm going to shut up again. <laughs> I'm shutting up now. That is awesome. All right. Hold on just a minute. Okay. Hello, beloved one. Hello, mother. It is wonderful to be here with you today, my daughter, and all your beautiful listeners. Indeed. I don't have very much to say, but instead I would like for us all to breathe together. Close your eyes and take in all that Charlotte has shared with you. Take in the possibility that grace is alive and vibrant within you and all around you. Breathe in the possibility that your physical body is a conduit, a lightning rod for grace. And everything that happens to you and with you and by you is connected. Connected to grace.
that something that your mind tells you must be a certain way. You must feel a certain way. It must look a certain way. Take a breath. And open your whole being to the possibility that it can be something else. It can look different. It can feel new. It can be what you need it to be, not as others dictate it must be. Not how others try and design it for you. But it can be just for you. Open yourself. to the truth of life and death. They are one. They are simply a different way to experience existence, creation. Your body rises and falls and your spirit is eternal. Just as your grief rises and falls and your love is eternal. You have been offered an alternative today to suffering. When you feel your true essence, when you know your true worth, that is not dependent on anything or anyone outside of you, You can experience your pain, but it does not have to twist into suffering. You can move through your loss and feel everything that you need to feel within the loss. without digging in and clinging to that loss, thereby creating suffering. Let your gains and your losses flow through you. And sometimes 
there are obstacles in which you become entangled. But if you breathe, and trust love, those obstacles will untangle them slow. And your joy will flow through you. Your fears will flow through you. Your sorrow will flow through you. Your laughter will flow through you. And love will carry you through it all. Love is the river. It is the water of life in which you flow and which flows through you. It is that which connects you to others, whether in body or not. Whether animal, insect, human, tree, mountain, or ocean. Open yourself in this moment, my beloved ones, to the possibility that your losses can bring you peace. That your losses can hold joy. Right alongside your sorrow. That your losses can bring you relief. and a quieting of your fears. That your losses can highlight the abundance that simply is. That each loss brings with it the blossoming of self, the expansion of self into something new, something different, something extraordinary. And that extraordinary blossoming of self does not in any way diminish what or whom you have lost. It is a celebration of life, death, and rebirth. Breathe and celebrate.
This is the deep peace that our grace brings to you. This is the deep peace that love creates by its very presence. Drink it all in, beloved ones, because it's all here for you. Life is full in this moment and in all the moments that have come before this one and all the moments that will come after. The gift that Charlotte has given you today will stay with you the whole of your lives. Receive it in humility. And share it in love. And know, my beloved children, that I am with you in all your loss, all your blossoming, all your changes, all your fears, all your faith. We are one. We are one. We are one. So be it. Amen. Namaste. Namaste, Mother.
that was a prayer. I'm going to type that up and send it to you. That was beautiful. That was a point. Oh, I'd love that. Thank you. That oh, was beautiful. I opened my eyes and peeked a little bit, and she had her hands in prayer position. So I joined her. At first, I just had my eyes closed. But ladies and gentlemen, if you hear this again, put your hands in prayer position and just feel the prayer come over you. I just want to thank you, Danielle, for being such a good friend and oh, that's beautiful. Such a major contributor to my life, not just the show. Mm. You are welcome with my whole heart, Charlotte. It is just, yeah, you're so easy to love. It's just, <laughs> it's like breathing. It's just easy. I love being here. I love being your friend. It's just, yeah, <laughs> you're awesome. You're awesome. Yay. Hugs. Thank you so much for sharing this with us today. You're welcome. I've been pretty it excited about doing it. Vulnerable and yes. to be honest. Yeah. Yes. Good. But that's my truth. That's my truth. And it's it's very good. naturally sharing a truth that may be met with some criticism or resentment or rejection. That's one type of vulnerability. This type of vulnerability, I mean, there are some things I will never share about the experience because those are my memories to cherish. Some of it just plain sure. belongs. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. This is what I wanted to share verbally. Yeah, it will go into absolutely. more depth in the written expression of it. And I will alert everybody when that happens. But in the meantime, ladies and gentlemen, we've got a show to do. Okay. And I'm excited. So we will see Danielle next month. I anticipate the return of Connie. We had some things going on, but I owe you three segments with Divine Mother. We'll get that done. Uh, Wendy is on hiatus. I'm not sure when or if she'll be back, but just to let you know what's going on there, Dr. Bob is also on hiatus. <laughs> We've got some stuff going on as a team and individually. <laughs> so to wrap this up, book a session with me, please. I want to share this with you, Okay. So go to the website, see what you want to do, book a session, and I'm going to bring you that special technique. We're going to clear out your energy fields. Mm -hmm. And we have major shifts that are coming into completion by the end of May. So book quickly, please. To join Danielle's community and to learn more about what she offers this beautiful community and her own, visit BelovedPublications.com. SpiritualInsightsRadio.com is where you book a session, join the community. Thank you once again to Danielle for her exquisite contribution to these segments. And I will see you soon, Danielle. And I'll see you soon too, Charlotte. Okay. Love you. Bye-bye. Love you too. Bye-bye. All right, everyone. That's our show for today. Until next time, God bless and be at peace.